Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I want to start this episode by giving a big shout out to my friend Victor Carrasco de España. Congratulations on the great news, my friend, and thank you for sharing it with the community. Words cannot express how happy I am for you, man. I wish you the best of luck on this new journey, man. Congratulations once again. And as the title suggests, my friends, we are back with another episode talking about absolutely nothing. I hope y'all are doing really well, man. I know it's been a while. Uh, well, you got an episode last week, so it hasn't been, you know, too long, but it's been a while since I recorded a talking about nothing. That is true. And uh, I guess I was avoiding it on some level because whenever I do talking about nothing, the only thing on my mind is what the fuck am I going to talk about? You know, I don't want to just be here rambling about fucking nothing. That's boring. Who's going to listen to this shit, right? But obviously you, obviously you are going to listen to this shit. Somebody's listening, so I'll keep recording. You know what I mean? <laughs> But yeah, I hope y'all are doing good, man. I got um, I got a flight I got to catch later this afternoon. I'm going back home or going to my new home, I should say. Uh, I was in Bangkok last month. Bangkok, Thailand, that is. I was in Thailand last month. I've been in Indonesia all this month. And I'm just so excited to get back to Thailand. Words cannot express the level of excitement I feel, man. I just can't wait to fucking get back to the land of smiles. You know, and I will say, dude, like traveling so much over the past couple of months, I will say that the airlines that I've flown on here in Asia are the best that I've flown on in my life. Not I shouldn't say Asia. I should say in Korea. You know what I mean? Because I went from Colombia to the U.S. and then from the U.S. to Korea, then Korea to Thailand in less than 48 hours, bro. That shit was brutal. That shit was fucking rough. It was an hour flight from Cali to Bogota. And then a, about a seven hour flight from Bogota to Los Angeles. And then I had a 10 hour layover in Los Angeles International Airport, bro. 
10 fucking hours, bro. 10 hours. You understand 10? You know the number 10, the one that comes after 9 and before 11? That's the number I'm talking about. That's how many hours I was stuck in the fucking airport. One of the worst airports on the planet, by the way. Fuck LAX, bro. <laughs> oh, man, what a rough thing. And it was overnight, too, bro. It was just, oh, so fucking rough. And I couldn't even, like, for whatever reason, I'm sure there's some security purpose for this. I couldn't even go past security because like a fucking idiot, I didn't print my boarding pass for my next flight from LA to Korea. And I couldn't print it at the airport because by the time I got there, the stations or machines or whatever, where you print your boarding pass, they were closed. So I couldn't get my boarding pass. So I just had to wait in like the airport lobby with those bullshit ass uncomfortable seats. It was like, I swear to God, it was like 12 degrees in that bitch. Celsius, I mean, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Strangely, I stopped using Fahrenheit a long time ago, so it's hard to do that conversion. I, I don't know, 50, 60 degrees or something, um, but it was just so fucking cold in there. And at some point, you got to sleep. You can't just stay up for a fucking, you know, you have to sleep at some point. And I just couldn't. Where are you going to sleep? In an airport lobby? <laughs> you know, and I also don't like the idea of like going to sleep around a bunch of fucking strangers and I'll wake up and all my bags are gone. I know that's probably not going to happen, but that's all I could imagine. I don't like sleeping in public places around strangers. It's weird. So sleeping was a real challenge that night. But anyway, made it through those 10 fucking hours in the airport and then flew from Los Angeles to Seoul. I don't Seoul. I guess English speakers say Seoul, but I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it. Uh, Korea, I flew to. And actually, it wasn't even, it wasn't even Seoul. It was um, Inch... In I don't fuck. I know I, I need to get the answer. Hang on. I can't leave you with some bullshit. Um, what is the name of that city that we flew into? Whatever it was, it looked beautiful from the plane. I mean, it's just gorgeous coastline. What's the name of that city? Uh, one light, one moment, ladies and gentlemen. We've got, I've got to find the answer. You know how I am. Incheon. 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 I don't know how to say it. And the, the city close to it looks like Seoul. But a lot of English speakers say Seoul. Any fucking way. 13 hours on an aircraft flying from Los Angeles to Korea. Longest flight of my fucking life. And to be honest, man, it really wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Because, getting back to my original point, I believe it was Air Asia, the Korean branch of Air Asia. Was such a fan, it was such a fantastic experience, like nothing I've ever had before. I swear to God, like their standards are so much higher than any other airline I've flown with. So much higher, bro, just from customer service to the actual plane and everything. And I'm convinced the Korean division of Air Asia, they insist on hiring drop dead gorgeous women to be flight attendants. Like all of the flight attendants look like models. I don't know what it is, bro. I remember seeing a video on TikTok a couple months back and this this lady was talking about Korean culture and and um, how difficult it is to become a flight attendant in Korea. And apparently it's like one of the most sought after jobs in the country and it's a really high competition and just the standards that you have to meet to be able to be considered, just to be considered for the job. They're just so high, their standards. And it's, I'm talking so high that like it's a common thing for some women to even get plastic surgery just to be more physically appealing to the company with the hopes of getting hired as a flight attendant. I'm talking that fucking high. 
you know? Jesus Christ. All the flight attendants look like fucking models, dude. You know, and the customer service, more importantly, the customer service was really, really good. Um, and also the airplane seats, even the seats themselves were more comfortable. They were soft and you could like lean back a bit further and actually try to get some sleep. They had foot rests under the seats. Like most airplanes you get on, there's nowhere to rest your feet. You, you don't even have enough leg room most of the time. But and I didn't fly first class or no shit like that. I flew economy, regular seats, but you had a decent amount of leg room. And you, there was like this little rest that you could put your foot on, you know, it was just comfortable from start to finish. And the service was great. The food was pretty good. And I guess another thing that really helped was I had some weed gummies, you know, so I was able to sleep on the plane because without that, I think it would have been a bit more challenging. But I had some THC gummies with me. Luckily, you can get those through the airport with no problem. They just look like candy. So I popped a couple of those bad boys and I was out like a fucking light for most of that flight. So that was cool. And then six hours from Korea to Thailand. Jesus, man, Jesus, Jesus. I don't even know how many thousands of miles it was or kilometers. I don't even know how far I actually traveled, but it was almost 48 hours of straight traveling. And uh, I, I don't recommend it. <laughs> I do recommend that you visit Thailand if you ever get the chance. Um, it's a really cool place, at least what I've experienced so far. I was only there for a month. Um, and I'm going back today, which again, I just, ugh, I'm so fucking excited, bro. So fucking excited. And I will say it's been a really interesting experience because this is the first time I've traveled to another country where I don't understand the language that people are speaking, you know, like I've been to Mexico, I speak Spanish, been to Brazil, I speak Portuguese, went to Colombia, I speak Spanish. Went to Bermuda. I speak English, right? But, and that's not to say that people in Thailand don't speak English, because a lot of people do. But I just, you know, I don't want to be that fucking asshole that's like expecting everybody to speak English to him, you know? And uh, even if that's the, even if most people will speak English with me, everybody speaks Thai amongst themselves. And I don't understand a fucking word <laughs> of what they're saying. It's such an alienating experience. And when I first got to Thailand, all I could think about was all the people that immigrate to the U.S. and don't speak a word of English and what that must feel like. Moving to a gigantic country like the U.S. and not being able to communicate with the majority of people. Now, the U.S. is a, a multicultural country, for lack of a better way of saying it, meaning there's people from all over the world. There's many communities from other countries. You have Latin communities, Asian communities, African communities, et cetera, et cetera. So even if you don't speak English, you can move to certain parts of the U.S. and survive for years without having to learn English. That is possible and actually quite common. But even still, just my just being who I am, I couldn't imagine living in a country five years and not learning the language. That's fucking wild to me, you know, but I just imagine what it's like for people who don't even necessarily want to move to the U.S., but have to for whatever reason. Maybe they're refugees or there's better opportunities for work or whatever. It's safer than their country. And they don't really want to go, but they feel they need to. And they don't speak a single word of English. Like, holy fucking shit. You must feel like an alien all the time. Because language is like the gateway to everything else you want to do. Getting food, going to the hospital, seeing a doctor, finding a partner, making friends. All that shit. You need to speak the language, bro. 
it is non-negotiable you know or or you're going to be forced to stay in a community of people from your country or people who speak your language and you won't be able to go outside of that which to me just doesn't sound interesting it doesn't sound interesting you know like there's a lot of foreigners in thailand for example lots of australians americans western europeans that have been living in the city or the country i should say for five six seven ten years they don't speak a word of thai bro that's fucking weird to me bro i just i can't imagine going to a foreign country and living there and only talking to f other foreigners from my country or other parts of the world that's fucking weird it's weird bro you know and slightly disrespectful you know what i mean like if you're gonna fucking move to this paradise and take advantage of all the benefits of being there like learn the fucking you know i don't know people should do whatever they want i don't give a shit i'm just saying personally i couldn't imagine doing that so um i'm learning the basics of thai and goddamn is it uh a lot more challenging than i thought it would be and the funny thing about the thai language at least based on what i've experienced so far is it seems to be very simple in terms of learning to speak it and construct sentences. The grammar seems to be pretty straightforward. You don't have to conjugate verbs in Thai, but you conjugate personal pronouns. For example, there's nine different ways to say I in Thai, right? Like I walk, I see, I do. There's nine different ways to say that, depending on who you're talking to in the context of the situation. Like, why the fuck did somebody think that was necessary bro what the fuck <laughs> jesus christ yeah the more i travel the more i learn about different languages and shit the more i realize like english is not that hard bro it's not phrasal verbs are fucking frustrating prepositions there's a lot of them right pronunciation can be a challenge but it's a pretty simple you know it's a pretty simple language by compare if you compare it with like mandarin you know, especially like traditional Mandarin. And this is something I learned. I met a dude from, Tha um, I was going to say Thailand. I met a dude from Taiwan um, while I was in Thailand. And he was explaining to me that the language that's spoken in Taiwan is actually Mandarin, but it's the traditional form. And what's spoken in mainland China is a simplified version of Mandarin. So people from Taiwan speak a, a version of Mandarin that some people in China might have a hard time understanding. Like they might get 50% of it, but they won't understand all of it, which is very interesting. You know, I also learned that Taiwan is a fucking beautiful country, man. Little island paradise. I've never been there, but after I met that dude from Taiwan, I wanted to learn more about his, his culture and his country. So I started watching documentaries and stuff on YouTube and it looks like a beautiful place, man. I got to get out there. I don't know about learning Mandarin. Um, that just, Jesus, man, that fucking. I don't know if I have the level of intelligence necessary. <laughs> I don't know if my IQ is high enough to learn a language like Mandarin. If I have any listeners out in China or Taiwan, um, shout out to y'all. Thank you for listening. And much respect to you for learning that language, man. Obviously, you didn't have a choice. I'm just saying, like, uh, you are superior human beings. You're superior in every way. Um, <laughs> I started talking about the, the customer service, my airline experience flying to Korea. That shit was fantastic, bro. Amazing. Amazing.
just the standards are so much higher and it makes it much harder to appreciate any other airline you know like in the u.s for example the majority of airlines and their owners it's just a bunch of fucking cunts bro it's like they they systematically make the experience worse and worse and try to figure out how to suck more money out of your pocket for basic shit you know it's like i i don't know dude i don't know i just i never i never liked flying on airplanes i love traveling like getting to the destination and experiencing the culture and all that shit but flying on airplanes or riding on buses and in taxis and all that shit, i don't enjoy that shit who enjoys that who likes i just i saw a youtube channel a couple of weeks ago this guy makes a living experience like trying different airlines every week he lit his entire youtube channel it's just him flying on planes to a bunch of different places, but documenting the actual trip, like going through the airport, getting on the airline, reviewing the seats and the food and the service. And is this airline any good? Is this airline any good? What about their rewards program and et cetera? Is that not fucking amazing? Like the shit that's possible in 2023, the ways you can make money, like he's just, I guess, just passionate about traveling and airplanes and airlines and shit and he just made a youtube channel talking about it and literally those videos are paying for his future plane tickets and travels and it just just like the gift that keeps on giving it just creates this positive feedback loop where the more videos he makes theoretically the more money he makes which allows him to make more videos and more money and what you know what i'm saying fucking amazing but i could never do something like that i hate being on airplanes they suck bro they suck they fucking suck from top to bottom, start to finish. They fucking suck. Jesus Christ, you got to sit next to two strangers, especially if you're in the middle seat, bro. Like you're just sandwiched in between two strangers. Most of the time, fucking savages. That's another thing I noticed when I was in Los Angeles, like especially men. Dog, we are some fucking savages, man. <laughs> we don't give a fuck. We're just like, ah, we're dirty creatures, man. We're, we're dirty creatures. You know how many, like, and I, I lost count because I started counting how many times I went to the bathroom in these fucking airports, how many men I saw not just take a piss. I'm talking about dudes who were in the stalls taking a shit. They go into the stall, they take a shit with all their luggage and their bags and everything. They stand up, flush the toilet, pull up their pants, grab their bags and just leave the fucking bathroom. How many fucking guys I saw leave the bathroom without washing their hands, bro? In a fucking airport, a public place where there's thousands of other people who have to touch all the same surfaces and ride on the same plane. Fucking savages, bro. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Fucking savages, man. So imagine being on a plane in between two of those dudes. And then you got to figure out, like, who gets the armrest. You got to race to put your arm on the fucking armrest first. You know, because it's really first come, first serve. It's not like you're going to ask the person to move their arm so you can put it there. You know, and you're not going to fight over the shit. So you got to fucking get there first, to try and get some arm rest space. You can try to relax on this airplane seat that's too fucking tiny. No leg room. Can't even lean back properly. The seats are like this hard leather that, that doesn't feel comfortable to sit on. Fucking ass hurts after six hours sitting in that bitch, man. Come on, dude. Come on. One tiny ass little window to look through. And if the person sitting next to the window wants the window shade down, I guess you're just not looking out the window. And if it's three o'clock in the fucking morning and they want the window shade up, well, I guess we're having it up. Six in the morning. Good morning. How you doing, sunshine? Yeah, I know the I know you've been on this goddamn flight since 12 o'clock in the midnight. All right, but it's six in the morning. Let's let some light up in this bitch. Good morning fuck is wrong with people dog you get on a plane 11 o'clock at night it's a 10 hour flight five six o'clock in the morning rolls around and this asshole just needs to lift up the window it's pitch black on the airplane it's dark everybody's asleep as they should be this fucking asshole needs to lift up the window shade because he's never seen clouds before you know tom segura had a bit about that in one of his comedy routines i just thought about that now but it's like real shit this motherfucker acts like he's never seen clouds before Jesus Christ. Fucking assholes, man. <laughs> I, just, oh, I hate being on airplanes. I think it's because being around a bunch of other individuals who also have their own wants and needs. Everybody was raised different. Everybody has different ideas of what's polite or considerate. Other people don't give a shit about what's polite or considerate. And you're just dealing with all that. Plus being in a seat that's too fucking small and uncomfortable for an extended period of time. And this metal death trap flying through the air at 500 miles an hour, 35,000 feet above the, the surface of the earth. <sighs> I remember I had a panic attack on an airplane one time. I can't remember how old I was, though. I must have been 19 or 20 years old. This was a while ago. Flying from California back to Georgia. I went to visit my dad. I think it was spring break or something like that. I don't I don't remember, but I was flying back home. And for whatever reason, like I've, I've been flying on planes since I was literally a baby. I'm talking three or four years old flying on airplanes. Never had a problem flying on airplanes. I'm not afraid to fly on airplanes. Nothing like that. And even still, just we were up on the plane halfway through the fucking flight. And I don't know if you've ever had a panic attack before or an anxiety attack. Some of y'all listening probably know what this is like. But for those of y'all that don't know what it's like to have an anxiety attack, the only way I can describe it is everything in your body is trying to exit your body. After all these years, that's the best explanation I can come or description that I can come up with. Whatever's inside of you, if you believe that you have a soul or your mind or whatever, everything internally is screaming at you, get the fuck out of here. Not just out, first of all, out of the, you know, wherever you're located. If you're at home, get the fuck out of this room. Go outside. You need to escape. You need to run away. 
If you're on a plane, get the fuck out of this air or off this airplane. Get out of this space. But not only that, get out of your body. That's what it feels like is whatever's inside of you is panicking and telling you we need to get out of this body into a safer location, to a safer place. Which obviously makes no fucking sense, but that's how it feels. It's like, I just, I need to get out of here. <laughs> I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here right now. Where's the exit? Show me the emergency exit. I gotta go, man. I gotta, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I can't breathe. My heart's pounding. I can't take it anymore. That's what it feels like internally. But when I was on an airplane with 180 other fucking adults, I can't act like that. I'm a grown ass man. I can't act like that. I had to keep my cool. I had to pretend that I wasn't fucking panicking on an airplane flying through the fucking air, bro. So what did I do? I kept a straight face, right? I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I got to get up and get out of here. That's all I feel when I have an anxiety attack. I need to escape. I need to get out. <sighs> I get some fresh air, right? I don't like being in enclosed spaces. I also think I'm slightly claustrophobic, which just made it even worse. I'll tell a story about why I'm claustrophobic in just a second, because I don't remember if I told it on the podcast before. So you add the claustrophobia on top of the fucking anxiety attack. And you're a man, so you can't show emotion, right? You can't show your fucking feelings. You can't be scared. It's not allowed. Not allowed to be scared. So what did I do? Kept a straight face. And I said, okay, I need to get up and out of this fucking seat. I was in the middle seat too, bro. In the middle seat. So I had to get up, ask this man to move that was sitting next to me. And I just went to the bathroom, which was also a bad idea because a bathroom, an airplane bathroom is even smaller than an airplane seat. Shut the door behind you. You're basically in a coffin. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're basically in a coffin. At the same time, you feel like you're dying. And I try, you know, you're just trying to breathe. It's going to be all right. Just need to breathe. Just need to calm down, right? Nothing. I'm not dying here. Just need to control my breathing. Get my heart rate back down. Right? That wasn't working. So then you're looking in the mirror. All right, pull it the fuck together, Tom. Pull it together. All right? Get your shit together which goes to show you how, how how i was parented if that's that's how i talk to myself when i'm in distress the same way my parents talk to me pull your fucking shit together the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> i'm joking um but yeah i'm just trying to pull my shit together in the fucking airplane bathroom and it's not working so then i'm like okay i, I need to get out of this bathroom because this even smaller space is not helping right now but i didn't want to go back to my seat because that's where the panic started so then I ended up, I don't know if you've been on an airplane before, but typically between the airplane bathroom and this, the beginning of the rows of seats, there's this little space where the emergency exit is. So I just stood there. I just stood there like a fucking lunatic. Everybody's, dude, the entire plane, everybody is looking forward. And guess what? Guess what they're looking at? Me. It's like, why is this? Why is he just standing there? Should like, okay, he just came out the bathroom. You expect him to go back to his seat. Why is he just standing there? And of course, I don't know what they were thinking, but naturally, if you're looking forward, you're just looking at the front of the plane. There's nothing there. But if a person is standing there, just because we're curious creatures, we're going to look at this person and see what the fuck is he doing? So everybody that was awake at some point or another was just looking at me. And I'm fucking panicking on the inside and I can't show it. I'm just like, just breathing. Just uh, looking around the plane, looking out the window, trying not to lose my shit. 35,000 feet above the fucking earth's surface. 
flying through the air. And eventually a flight attendant came walking down the aisle and she stopped. I mean, the sweetest lady, man. I'm so glad that she was working that day because <laughs> she was so sweet. She stopped and said, is everything all right? Are you okay? I said, yeah. I'm, I said it just like this. I said, yeah, I'm just having an anxiety attack. <laughs> I swear to God, I said it just like that. Just like that. I tried to like, just let it out calmly, just in this matter of fact way. Yeah, I'm just having an anxiety attack. I'm fine. <laughs> Oh man, and she, you know, she like luckily, like I said, she was a really nice lady, and she's like, oh man, that's that's too bad. Are you like, can I do something for you? Are you okay? And I just said, yeah, if it's okay, I would just like to stand here, you know, breathe for a little bit. I'll be fine. I just, you know, don't want to go sit back in my chair until I calm down a little bit. She said, okay, well, you're not supposed to be standing here, but given the situation, I'm paraphrasing at this point. She said, you're not supposed to be standing here, but given the situation. You can stand here for a few minutes and I'll be back to check on you. I said, okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So then she went to, you know, went about doing her job, serving drinks and helping other um, passengers and shit. And then other people over, because I was standing there for like a good eight to 10 minutes, bro. A good eight to 10 minutes on an airplane when I'm supposed to be in my seat. And, uh, of course, other people are getting up to go to the bathroom every once in a while. And like two or three people that I think like four or five people got up and went to the bathroom during that time. Two or three of them stopped and asked me like, hey, you OK, man? Like, What's what's going on? I was like, yeah, I'm just having an anxiety attack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just as if I'm like fucking. Yeah, just, uh, you know, getting some fresh air. I said it like that. Yeah, just getting some fresh air, you know, taking in the sights, living the dream. I'm living the dream. Yeah, you know, just having an anxiety attack. Like, oh, damn. All right. Well, I hope you feel better, man. I'm like, yeah, thank you. I, uh, I appreciate I hope so, too. I hope so, too. And so after like eight or 10 minutes of that, the same flight attendant, she went to another flight attendant who was on the plane but not working that day and told her the situation. And then she came back to me and said, listen, this this flight attendant here, she's off duty, which means that she's not working right now. And she said, if you want, you can go and sit with her. And she'll, you know, at least try to like talk to you, keep you focused on something other than this fucking panic attack that you're having. And so I went back and sat next to her and we talked for like the next two hours. So I don't remember her name, but shout out to both of those flight attendants because uh, they really helped me out when I was panicking on a fucking airplane. With two, uh, two and a half hours left on the flight, mind you, in between California and Georgia, dog. It was just the worst. It was the worst. For like such a fucking... Uh, I feel like such a bitch in that moment. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, pull it together. Pull it the fuck together. What is wrong with you, bro? Uh, anyway, ever since then, you know, I haven't had another anxiety. Well, actually, that's a lie. I thought I was going to be afraid of flying on planes after that, but I really wasn't. I was just expecting to have anxiety attacks every time I got on a plane after that. Because I didn't know what caused it. You never really know what causes an anxiety attack. It just comes whenever it wants to come. At the worst moment, most of the time, you know? And you always know when it's coming because you'll just be chilling, living your fucking life, trying to enjoy your existence, and then your fucking brain is just like, hey, what's up, guy? I know you're enjoying your day right now, but uh, I'm going to throw you into a full-blown panic. Would you like that? Would you like to lose your shit and feel like you're like you're about to die? Would you like that? Would you like that, motherfucker? There's always that moment of hesitation when it comes. You just, you know, like internally just feels like, like, you know, in the movies 
when the car screeches to a stop, like, that didn't sound like a car stopping, did it? (laughs) That sounded like nails on a chalkboard or some shit, but you know what the fuck I'm talking about. I did it again. Sounds like nails on a chalkboard. Why can't I make tire screeching sounds? You know what the fuck I mean, right? When the car stops abruptly and the tires skid across the pavement and make that sound, that's what it feels like internally. And it's like your brain just calls your attention to the fact that something is wrong. And then that moment, you hesitate and you feel like something's wrong and you don't know what it is and you just immediately go into panic. But what I learned how to do after that panic attack on the plane was just breathe. That's the only problem. Nothing is wrong. You're not dying. There's, there's absolutely nothing wrong. You just need to breathe. Just breathe deeply, pick a spot on the wall, something a decent, a decent distance away from you. Just look at it and just breathe. Focus on nothing but your breathing. Do that for 30 to 60 seconds and you'll be fine, bro. Just, it just goes away. You just have to consciously remind yourself, I'm not dying. Nothing is wrong. There's no reason to panic. I just need to breathe. Just fucking breathe. Just fucking breathe. Just control your breath. You're not dying. All right, pull it together. Do not make a fucking ass of yourself in front of all these people. All right? Pull it together. Okay? That's all you got to do. Just breathe. So after that, I mean, I've definitely had a couple other moments on planes. Actually flying from Colombia to the U.S., I had a moment where my brain tried to go into panic. But I was like, "Uh uh-uh, not today, motherfucker. I got some breathing exercises, bitch. Not today, sir. So yeah, I've been able to curb all panic attacks since that day. I'm proud to say. No more panicking over here, baby. Yeah, balls of steel in this bitch. Fuck with me. <laughs> um, how do we get on the subject? What was I even talking about? Oh yeah, the fact that I, I could never be a YouTuber that just reviews airlines and spends all of his time on a plane. That's why I could never be a flight attendant. You're literally paid to be on airplanes. And serve a bunch of fucking assholes. You know what I mean? Nah, bro. So much respect to all the flight attendants out there. Much respect. Because I know y'all put up with a lot of shit. Bunch of fucking animals. You know? (laughs) Bunch of fucking animals on this plane. um, Who are only thinking about themselves. I guess that's what it means to be a human. Especially if you live in a big city. Just surrounded. I find that the bigger the city and the more people you pack into that city. The more those people start to act like fucking animals. You know, just fucking savages. And it's just, it's become so much harder to think about anybody but yourself. Because human beings just end up becoming like these objects that are in your way. You're just trying to get down the street. And there's a bunch of fucking objects in the way, making it harder to get to where you want to go. You don't even see them as people anymore, you know? So I imagine that's what it's like if you work in the airline industry, whether you work at an airport TSA security or whatever, a flight attendant, you know what I mean? Just putting up with shit, all fucking, literal shit. Because like I said, a lot of people don't wash their fucking hands when they travel. Jesus, dude. That shit is so disgusting, bro. That shit is so disgusting. I can't stand it. I'm, I'm not, I mean, I don't know if I would call myself germaphobic, but I'm on the borderline, bro. I can't stand that shit. I can't stand dirty places, dirty hands dirty surfaces no 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 bro no need to clean this fucking place and it's not i'm not talking about uncontrollable dirt like over time a building will get dirty if you don't pressure wash the 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 building 
if you don't pressure wash it, mold starts to form and you know the paint starts to chip and shit like that. Okay, whatever, bro. But I'm talking about inside the house. That's something that's under your control. And you just let it get fucking filthy. You haven't cleaned your bathroom in two months, bro? What the f- The place where you clean yourself is dirty. And you think you're clean. Come on, bro. Get it together. Nah, dude, I can't stand that shit. So that's why I don't like anything about the travel experience. International travel experience. Getting on a plane. And you know it's like you have to take a shower when you get off the fucking plane. Because some other dirty motherfucker was just sitting here. I remember I was flying from LA to to Korea and the lady I was sitting next to, she just I don't like I don't know if it's a normal thing in her culture, but she just had no problem putting her feet wherever she wanted to put her fucking feet. She kept putting her feet on me, bro. And she wasn't wearing socks. She just had on like regular shoes and her feet were dirty as shit. I'm talking like gray, black. You understand what I'm saying? Have you ever seen somebody's feet were so dirty they are black on the bottom? The soles of their feet are turning black. Because that's how long it's been since they cleaned them. I'm talking that level of fucking filth. She kept putting her feet on me, bro. Fucking A. Nah, dog, I don't play that shit. I don't play that shit. I'm not going for it. I had to, like, tell her two or three times, excuse me, can, like, you know. She spoke basic English. I didn't. I don't speak Vietnamese, um, so we had to communicate in English. But she spoke ba- basic English, and that's like, excuse me, and I'm tapping her leg, and then I'm looking at her foot, basically saying, "Can you get the fuck off of me? Can you get your fucking foot. Can you please remove your foot from the surface of my body? Thank you, ma'am. I would appreciate it. It's the second time I've had to ask you this. All right, I'm trying to be civil here." When, t- when fucking when the third time comes around I cannot promise I will be this polite get your fucking feet off of me bro nah fam no I'm just not a feet type of dude nah I'm just not I'm just not you know I'm just, <laughs> I'm just not don't put your fucking feet on me bro the only person typically I'll let put their feet on me is somebody that I feel just like ridiculously close to you know, like my nephew, for example, when he was a kid, I, I didn't give a shit. Um, but his feet still have to be clean. Only when they're clean, it's like that level of proximity. My nephew, that's my dog. You know what I'm saying? Or like my girl, my girlfriend. I don't care if you if she puts her feet on me, but they have to be clean. Don't put your dirty ass feet on me, bro. What the fuck, man? What the fuck? I don't understand how the, like people. I don't know. I don't understand that shit. Just put your dirty ass feet everywhere. She was putting her feet on me. And you know the tray table on the airplanes where you put your food or you can rest your head or put your laptop or whatever. She like had her feet up on that shit. Bare feet. Bare dirty ass black prehistoric riverbed looking ass feet. Putting them all over the tray table as if the person that comes after her is not going to put their food there. What the fuck, bro? I don't know. Maybe it's a difference of culture. I don't know. I don't know. That shit's nasty to me, bro. Like I said, I'm just not a feet type of guy. Like the only, like I said, somebody I feel close to, like my girl, for example, I, I don't I don't really care if she puts her feet on me as long as they're clean and she has pretty feet. Other than that, don't put your fucking 
feed on me. Like what? <laughs> Especially if you walk around the house barefoot, you're not even wearing socks. You just been walking all over. I like people that walk outside with no shoes on. Walking in the street, the dirty ass city streets, and they're walking around with no shoes and then they walk into their house with no shoes and they're just tracking that shit all over the floor and then they get into their bed didn't even take a shower didn't wipe off their feet nothing they get into the bed with that shit nah fam nah bro i can't get with you on that one tony k does not approve of that message or that behavior i just can't get there i can't get there you know ugly like first of all dirty feet but also just ugly feet and ugly hands they turn me off you know Maybe that sounds superficial, but like if I meet a woman with ugly hands, I just I get turn it turns me off, grosses me out. <laughs> and I'm not saying I have ugly feet too. I'm not saying I have pretty hands and feet. I'm just saying like it uh it turns me off. I don't know why, dude. I can't even think of something that might have like happened in my childhood that might be influencing that. I can't think of a single thing. It's just for as long as I can remember, just ugly ass dirty feet or ugly looking hands. They turn me off, dude. Keep your fucking feet off of me. Ugh. Do y'all have something like that? It's just non-negotiable. Like, that for me is non-negotiable. Dirty ass feet touching me. No, bro. No, I don't care. No, no, no. <laughs> it's like, dude, two or three times. She kept putting her fucking feet on me, bro. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Anyway, other than that, the flight was amazing. Yeah, the flight from LA to Korea was amazing. And then after that 13-hour flight, the six-hour flight from Korea to um, Thailand, that wasn't shit. That's why I'm not even worried about the flight today. I think Indonesia to Thailand is like three and a half hours. That ain't shit. That's like a walk around the park now. Now that I know what a 13-banger is like, I don't give a shit. Put me on that plane, baby. You know? I don't have any weed gummies with me today, unfortunately. Sober October just finished, by the way. I don't know if you know what Sober October is, but I got this from Joe Rogan. I don't know where he got it from, but he and his friends, every October, they just choose to be sober the whole month. No weed, no alcohol, no no mind-altering substances of any type. Any type. I wanted to say kind and type at the same time. No mind-altering substances of any kind for the whole month of October, and I decided to do it this month. More so out of obligation, because um, weed is legal in Thailand. So last month was fantastic for me. And then I had to come to Indonesia, and weed is not legal here. And I figured, well, since I won't be able to even find it easily, I'll just do the whole month sober. No weed, no cigarettes. I even um, didn't drink Red Bull. Shout out to you, Alejandra, for suggesting that. Um, I did drink coffee and water and soda. I probably shouldn't have done the soda, but I just, cutting out sodas, that's really hard. That's really hard for me. No soda whatsoever is difficult. Um, and I decided to like just replace those habits and addictions with something healthier. I started drinking much more water. I started going to the gym, bro. And if you know me, I hate going to the gym, but I figured let me replace one habit with another. So I just started running, um, doing the, the stationary bike and shit three or four times a week. And I got to be honest, like, I'm sure you're expecting me to say, oh, I feel so much better and healthier and happier. Fuck out of here, bro. No, I can't wait to get back to Bangkok and get me a nice joint full of sativa, bro. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm going to roll one of Sativa, the other one Indica, and just fucking smoke both of them bitches and just chill. Get some fried rice and a Coke. You know what I'm saying? Can't fucking wait. So Sober October, I guess, was good for me because, you know, being sober is, I guess, technically healthier than not being sober. <laughs> but goddamn, that shit sucks, man. That shit sucks. How do people just go through life sober all day, every day, their entire life? How the fuck? How the, how the fuck, man? Nah, fam. Nah, 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 fuck that. I need a little something, man. Glass of wine, a little bit of weed, you know, cigarette here and there. I need something. Jesus. No, is it just me? Is it just me? I don't know. Maybe I have a problem. I don't know. Um... How do we get here? How do I start talking about this? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, but getting back to my experience in Thailand and like being the first time that I've been somewhere where I don't speak the local language and that being such an alienating, alienating experience, it also made me think about something that a lot of people experience around the world, especially if they live in major cities, which is just dealing with foreigners. Because one thing that I've learn to do after so many years of teaching English and then traveling as well is talk to foreigners in a way that I know they'll understand. This is something that most people don't know how to do. Like if you travel to a foreign country where you don't speak the language, most people don't have much experience communicating effectively with people who don't speak their language. Meaning you travel to Indonesia, for example, and even if people know that you're not from there and you don't speak their language, They'll talk to you as if you're a native speaker because they just they only know one way of communicating. They just talk the way they've been talking their whole life. You know what I'm saying? And even if you like, let's say you speak a little bit of their language on a basic level, they'll still talk to you as if you're a native. They don't have the conscious thought, oh, this person's a foreigner. I need to slow down and choose simpler words and sentence structures to make sure they understand what I'm trying to say to them. Most people don't have that thought. They just talk the way they always talk and don't understand. They like are confused when the person they're talking to has, a, has trouble understanding them. And that's a skill that I think doesn't really get talked about is learning how to communicate with people who don't, who are learning your language, you know, because most natives just talk to everybody as if they're natives and you can do that. I mean, obviously that's what you want to do, but I think it's very beneficial to the visitors of your country if you can learn how to communicate in very simplistic ways, choose simpler words, shorter sentences, even if it means speaking like a child or in a, in a grammatically incorrect way, just to make sure the person that you're speaking to understands what you're saying. I think that's really beneficial, you know? Because like I listen to other English speakers like in my home country now talking to foreigners. And it's like, dude, they're not going to, they don't understand. You can see on their face and by the way they're interacting, they don't understand what you're saying. Like speak slower and choose simpler words. What are you doing, bro? But it's, again, if you don't have experience talking to foreigners, that, that thought probably doesn't even cross your mind. Like I remember I was, um, what airport was I in? I think we were going from LA to Korea and going through security. There was um, a couple people in front of me. It was like two or three Asian ladies and it was clear that they didn't speak English very well. And the, the TSA guy, the security officer, he, you know how, well, you might not know. If you've been through the airport, 
then you know when you're going through security, a lot of times there's security officers telling you, take off your shoes, take off your belt, take the laptop out of your backpack, blah, 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 blah. Giving you all these instructions and shit. And if you speak English, then obviously it's no problem. But if you're learning English, going through the airport at a high speed because you're rushing through, you don't want to hold up the line and make everybody mad. You're just trying to fucking do everything correctly. And you can barely understand what people are saying to you. You might make some mistakes. So these ladies in front of us, I say us, this lady, these ladies in front of me, um, I guess weren't doing what the security, security officer wanted them to do. And he said the same thing like two or three times in a row and they weren't doing what he wanted them to do. So then he started like raising his voice and speaking with this aggressive tone. And they were looking at him like with this confused look on their face, like, ah, uh, uh, what? And you could tell they were having trouble understanding what he was saying. I don't know what they were thinking, but it seemed, I got the impression that they were having trouble understanding what he was saying. And he was like getting mad that they weren't doing what he was telling them to do. And so I, I looked at him, I'm like, bro, maybe they don't speak English very well. Did you think about that? You know, and the guy in front of me, he was like, yeah, dude. And I could tell that um, the guy in front of me, it, it seemed like his first language um, was Spanish or that he was a Latino, spoke English and Spanish. And so I just, the reason I say that is because I know a lot of Latinos that were either born in Latin American countries and moved to the US or who were raised by Latin American parents. That's something that they also experience. It's like, having to learn English after moving to the U.S. and knowing what that struggle is like. I'm sure some of y'all listening right now know exactly what that's like. Shout out to Steven, who moved to the U.S. from Peru as a teenager and had to learn to speak English at the same time that he was finishing high school, bro. I mean, like, a lot of people will never know what that's like, you know? So, Steven, shout out to you, bro. You're fucking soldier. Because it's not easy, man. And so getting back to the airport i'm just like bro maybe she doesn't speak english and what you know he said bro he was like no she understands me she's just not taking her time she's just rushing she's just rushing through the process and doesn't want to listen to what i'm saying i'm like how the the fuck do you know that how do you know that how do you know she understands what you're saying dude i just left it alone i'm not going to argue with the guy but just in that moment I'm, i'm telling you that story to illustrate the point that some people never even consider Maybe this person doesn't understand everything I'm saying because they're still learning my language, you know? And so I think that's an important skill to develop, especially if you live in a, a big city where you know lots of foreigners are visiting. You, you can just be one of those angels that knows how to communicate in a simplistic way that somebody learning your language will understand and give them the help that they desperately need in this foreign place where they don't understand how things work, you know? So... um yeah, it's just something to think about, man. I will say that people in Thailand, generally speaking, um, well, it's like 50-50 based on my experience. Some people are super helpful, super friendly. And then like in every other big city, there's some fucking assholes, man. So um, no matter where you go, that's what you're going to find. No matter what, I mean, this is just, again, my opinion, my experience. But no ma- in my experience, no matter where you go, you're going to find angels and devils, bro. Fucking sweethearts and assholes. I don't really like those statements like American people are like this or Thai people are like that, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, dude, people are just people. Um, and they're all angels and fucking assholes, right? All of us. Just depends on the day. You know what I mean? Because sometimes you might come across like five or six assholes in a row and you might just think, oh, all these people are just assholes. But maybe those five or six people are just having a bad day. It's possible. I don't know. Um, it's possible. 
More than likely, they're just fucking assholes, but it's plausible. <laughs> it's possible, right? Benefit of the doubt and uh, fucking, you know. I don't fucking know. Anyway, man, I got to uh, finish packing and get ready for this trip to my new homeland. And uh, although I'm not looking forward to getting on that goddamn plane, I am looking forward to getting back to Thailand. I fucking love Bangkok. A lot of people that travel to Bangkok and then travel to other parts of Thailand, they shit on Bangkok. It's no, you got to travel to smaller cities, more rural Thailand, get the real experience and et cetera, which I don't disagree with. I'm sure it's amazing, but I like Bangkok. It's chaotic for sure. I think it's like 10 to 15 million people in that city. So it's definitely chaotic. Um, if you've never been to Southeast Asia, I don't know if you've seen chaos on this level. I know Mexico City's crazy. I know Sao Paulo is crazy. Bogota is crazy. Los Angeles and all that shit. But man, I don't know if you've seen chaos quite like this. And I've heard that um, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam is even worse. Hopefully I'll be able to get out there while I'm here in Asia. But yeah, it's, it's fucking chaotic at times. But it's also like a really, really nice place. Um, cool people. Lots of things to do in the city. Uh, good weed as well, I must say. Um, cheap food. There's food, food, fucking food everywhere. That's one of the things that surprised me when I first got to Bangkok is, dude, there is food everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, dude. Fucking everywhere. It's insane. You will never go hungry in Bangkok. Ever. You will never go hungry. That's not a problem that you... The problem that you have is like, where should we eat? Because there's so many goddamn choices. Um, But yeah, man, I will say I've only been there a month so far and I'm going back today. But based on that first month, first month experience, if you had the chance to, to visit Southeast Asia, definitely um, consider Bangkok. It's a cool place. Um, yeah, anyway, I gotta finish packing, get something to eat, and then head to the airport, y'all. I just wanted to come through, say what's up. I hope you're doing good. I hope y'all are doing good, man. And, um, shout out to all my listeners in Thailand, Indonesia, Vietnam, the Philippines, Japan, Taiwan, China, Malaysia. Shout out to all of y'all, man. All the new listeners of the show as well. All of my supporters on Patreon. Victor, congratulations again, man. Super happy for you, bro. Shout out to Francisco Santeliz, Alejandra Rivera. Thank you guys for your support. I appreciate y'all. And I guess I'm going to go ahead and end it there. That's the podcast, my friend. Thank you for your time and attention. Thank you for listening to Real English Radio. I am your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.